0: You're listening to the Laugh Button Podcast on the Riotcast
1: Network, Riotcast.com.
2: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Laugh Button Podcast right here on the Riotcast Network, Riotcast.com. The dot com, and uh, I think that's the only websites you need.
1: We're good. <laughs> it's going fucking on? intro. Every, yeah, I like every it. Week, I, like, I like mixing like, it up for you. It becomes this thing. At some point in the intro, you make eye contact with you, with me. Yeah. I be don't, awesome if I could do it myself. I okay. don't say anything. Yes. And then you get this look on your face like, why aren't you saying anything? And oh. I'm just like, I'm letting you get it all out there. And it just becomes this thing. I every just want it to week. be uncomfortable. I just yeah. want it to be uncomfortable. Yeah. You Mission work complete. Success every yes.
2: fucking week. Here I got a t- I got a job for you, Matt. We're, we're, we're gonna be heading into the city later on today. Yeah. We're gonna be getting into an elevator. Uh, yes. Because we're we're having a meeting.
1: Probably made by
2: Otis. Yeah. Otis elevators. Otis elevators, right. Uh, when we get in said elevator, I want you to When you get in, stand and face everybody. And then just soak up the awkwardness. Because it is delicious
1: Why do you like Reveling in awkwardness
2: It's because No one knows What to do No I think It's, it's because you think,
1: I think you think I think it's because In some way You f- you like that It makes you special <laughs> 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 Like, like what, I'm, what I mean With that is like it's, Hey It's your way Of peacocking It's Mark Says High's Way of peacocking What's peacocking Peacocking is a never... term Where a dude Kind of like Makes himself look Interesting or appealing To other people on the other sex Oh I don't do that With sex. my t-shirts So I feel like you <laughs> You do it with your t-shirts you do it with your weird colored converse chuck taylors Wait, you hold do it with your wonder woman belt these are you, just things i like dude, Come on. it's peacocking How i'm sorry that peacocking? it's peacocking it's, pe- it's 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 the the douche equivalent is Wait. like the fedora Wait, that's what wh- i'm saying hold on hold on no no what no, do you no. have inscribed in your wedding ring oh the one i don't wear uh, yeah what's with that first of all That's uh, i last about week. peacocking Dear everybody, I'm not married, buddy. Buddy, <laughs> for the record, if I need a wedding ring to remind me I'm married, yeah, I, I got problems. All right. Well, I don't we, wear yeah, I don't wear jewelry at all, basically. Before this turns
2: into a, uh, the roast of Matt and Mark, it's right not the roast. I'm just
1: saying this is your version of peacock. Not peacocking. It's, I don't the, even know what that is. I know. But I you, wear a Wonder, Wonder Woman belt because listen, I like Wonder Woman and you and you it's a know, cool. Just because you don't know, just because you don't know what it's called, doesn't mean it's not a real thing or a phenomenon <laughs> that exists. There's a lot of phenomenons that happen in this world that you just don't know that names yeah. of. My goal is
2: is just to do social experiments and see what people do and how they react in a weird situation where the last where time I heard like,
1: someone announce using the phrase social experiments in pop <laughs> culture was like Ashton Kutcher's Beauty and the Geek. This is a social experiment, blah blah blah. Oh my god.
2: Yeah, why, why why do why do I know that you have that on DVD? I
1: don't have it on DVD. I don't actually I don't really have a big DVD collection. You know? Most of my DVD collections are DVDs I've accumulated over the, the years where someone has given to me as a gift, or becomes sure. a promotional thing, but like, like I have a CD collection and a record collection, like no man's business. But C, but DVDs and all that stuff does never really bother. Oh, I got me. a, it was never really a
2: ridiculous DVD collection. Too much. Too much. Okay.
1: Uh, all right. Well. Before we uh, go any further, let's uh,
2: let everyone know who's going to be joining us on this episode of the podcast. Episode. Yeah, it's a, it's a big episode of the podcast. Uh, if you're a fan of blue collar comedy, or if you're a fan if you're a fan of
1: uh, sort of
2: legends of comedy, and or doesn't, game changers, it of doesn't comedy, get
1: much game changery blue collar than this. It
2: does not. We're uh, we're double dipping here. Yeah, I don't know why I'm holding up two fingers. You know that there's going to be two people, and I kind of held them up inappropriately. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I wasn't going there. I saw it. I'm like, what's this guy doing? What's the what the fuck's he doing? <laughs> well, joining us on the podcast uh, this episode is Jeff Foxworthy
2: and uh, Larry the Cable Guy. Yeah, Two both w- of them. Yeah, both of them. And uh, at
1: separate times, yet together.
2: At separate times, yet together.
1: Yes,
2: uh, because they've been brought together via this podcast. But they appeared together in the latest Netflix special called Just we, Came Out. We've yeah. been thinking. And you can check that out on Netflix right now. It's available. And uh, we caught up with the two, and they're, like I said, they're both legends. Uh, both have yeah, cracked I mean, 30 years in comedy. I
1: mean, Jeff Foxworthy isn't... created a genre of comedy. Absolutely did, yeah. Like, you know, he like he was the original guy. I'm sure there were other people out there, but he was the original guy that I remember, at least, of like, you know, you could buy all his albums at truck stops, and like, truckers started talking about this guy. Obviously, the You Might Be a Redneck thing definitely kind of helped push it all off, but like, yeah, I mean, like, he did, he, he. Created a genre I mean that's the only way I can put it And Larry the Cable Guy Kind of perfected it Tweaked it And went supernova With it. With the whole Blue Collar Comedy Tour
2: Absolutely Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you know this The original lineup Of the Blue Collar Comedy Tour Wasn't uh, Jeff Bill Larry And Ron uh, Larry Wasn't supposed to be in there To begin with
1: he, like, I own it at all. Yeah. It was another guy. Vic Henley. Vic Henley.
2: Vic Henley, yeah. yeah. And, uh, but he got switched out last second, and uh, Larry the cable guy uh, filled in the void, and uh, the rest is history. I mean, those To dudes... the point where Larry. Peaked beyond Jeff.
1: In I think. Popularity yeah, I was going to say, like time, Larry's so. popularity at one point like usurped Jeff's. Um, I mean, I want to say, what when did blue collar comedy Tour start? I want to say late '90s, and I feel like for a decade plus, you couldn't escape that. You couldn't oh, escape no, that. No. Like Comedy Central aired it all the time. Mm-hmm. I feel like those guys at some point just put up, set up printing machines in their basements, <laughs> and just started printing dollar bills whenever they wanted to because <laughs> of the popularity of it at the yeah, time. It was, it was crazy. It was and, huge. Yeah.
2: And uh, when I was at Sirius XM, we launched the Blue Collar Radio. Yeah, that's how you know these guys. Yeah, Channel, yeah. And, and that was an awesome experience. And, and these guys uh, are some of the best dudes in comedy, if not the best dudes in comedy. And, and uh, you know, I just want to say before, before the interviews that, that not only Jeff, but Larry as well have been so kind to me over yeah. the years and such good friends. And it's always cool to check in with them and, and get to spend some time with them. I mean, Jeff Foxworthy really has sold more comedy albums than anybody in the history of Earth. That, that is a correct statement. And he has, Matt, I don't know if you know this, but he has like 28 books. Or it might be 26 books. Whatever it is, it is, it's a ridiculous amount
1: of books. Does he also have like hot sauces and barbecue beef sauces? Jerky. And beef jerky. <laughs> he was on like a season of Fox of Shark Tank or something like that. He was like one of the, a potential investor or, or at least guest stood on Fox, uh, Fox, I want to say Fox Tank, Shark Tank. I watched this shit out of Shark Tank. Might as well know. be Fox, Fox Tank. Fox Tank, sure, why not? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's really interesting and then like Larry, you know, I mean, that guy, was it the University of Nebraska football theater yeah. stadium? Football, th- football he's theater, gonna, football stadium. He's so mad at you right now. I know. Yeah. I'm sure he is. It's
2: Memorial Stadium. Memor- Denver, okay. okay, I'm not. Yeah,
1: a, yeah. I'm not a big fan of uh, college sports or sports in general. Right. But. Right.
2: So he he was, uh, and this is something that uh, that comes up in in the interview mm-hmm. is uh, is you know everyone knows Kevin Hart for selling out these, these football <laughs> yeah, stadiums.
1: Every time I see that, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, Larry did it like 10 yeah, years ago. Exactly. So that comes <laughs> up in conversation, which is really funny mm-hmm. uh, and, and uh, he's got a great joke about I it. I mean, what okay. hasn't what, what haven't these guys done? They've done commercials. They've Absolutely done television. Yep, movies. Jeff did all, movies. Are You Smarter Than a Fifth yeah, Grader? Hosted, hosted, you know, hosted game shows. They've both been roasted yeah. on Comedy Central Roast. That's I mean, right. like, what haven't these guys done? Absolutely nothing. I mean, retire from comedy. That's all they yeah, have left I mean, to do. I, I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it sounds weird to say, but yeah, it's kind of like it. You know, they retire and you know go hang out and uh, you know in their in their houses, which I'm sure are very nice from these great careers we've had. So.
2: Well, they're two of the best. I love these guys, and it's like I I, I like miss them. I, I, I just saw him, but I miss him. Yeah, I miss him already. You
1: do, well, you did your interview with Jeff was at his hotel, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. he was in town for a very quick appearance on Fallon, mm-hmm. um, which you know we put up on the com as well. And and Larry, you were originally supposed to interview on the drive to the airport yeah, when yeah, he left it's, town. It was the only time you could get him, but you ended up not having to do that. Yeah, didn't have to do that. We went and, uh, well, you'll find out.
2: Yeah, You'll, yeah, you'll yeah. find out. yeah, yeah. Well, before we get to the interviews, uh, we gotta pay tribute to a comedy legend who unfortunately passed away this week, Um, Gene Wilder. uh, You know, for a younger generation, uh, you know, there's a good chance they might not truly know who this guy is. But for someone like Matt and myself, and of course our parents, oh yeah, uh, this guy was beyond huge, beyond
1: original, beyond a game changer. I mean, he was such a steady go-to from like I want to say like the late. 60s early 70s through the 80s as far as just an actor and he had range too he was funny he was tender no one no one had a meltdown better on the film than Gene Wilder I'm sorry Mm -hmm. that guy went like he had some great meltdowns you know so he was the original producer Leo Bloom and the producers Mel Brooks actually who was just on Fallon told a really great story about how they first met and basically uh, Mel said I have this you know he went and sold um uh, he went and saw Gene at a doing a play with, he, with his uh, wife. Yes, with his with Mel's wife. Yes, yep. and then uh, he basically said, uh, "I have this idea for a show about two Jews who try to tank Hollywood, tank, a, tank it in Hollywood, so they'll make more money with a play about Hitler." And the the, the big song is called "Springtime." You know, uh, what's it uh, about a, a play about Nazis? And the big hit's called "Springtime for Hitler." So he's and, and, and Gene was like, "Good luck getting that funded." And okay. then basically Mel was like, "When I get it funded, you're going to star as Leo Bloom." And he went. And did it. So yep, sure The enough. producers, I mean, like, oh my gosh. So, got funded and then, in the rest dude, is history. Yeah. The dude. Blazing Saddles mm-hmm. like Young Frankenstein like stir crazy stir crazy uh, mm-hmm. that's the other thing too after that run with Mel Brooks he went and did another run with Richard Pryor sure you, you know hear no evil speak to you uh, see we no evil speak to you uh, god damn I'm Matt like, get uh, it together, I know I'm like fumbling man. over words here but anyway no evil, so he did a run like yeah. oh, there's Bustin' Loose and like so like he did a really good run with Richard Pryor too so it's like this guy you know and they obviously met on the set, on the set of Blazing Saddles because Richard Pryor wrote a lot of Blazing Saddles mm-hmm. um, so yeah it's unbelievable like this career this guy got and he basically kind of like like gave up on Hollywood in the late 80s. Like, yeah. You know. And we didn't even mention
2: Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, oh. which is, you know, one of the most yeah, iconic yeah, yeah. movies ever made. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, I, I, I want to say that's where I discovered him first, because that's well, the one my course, parents would yeah. let me watch, mm-hmm. uh, you know, before I could get into those uh, older comedies. But, uh, I mean, he just, what an amazing talent. And, uh, you know, obviously it, a big hole has been is left behind It is weird because, like, you
1: go and watch, like, the reboot of that with Johnny Depp. And Johnny Depp was a tremendous actor in his own right. But sure. it's like, you look at it and you're like, it didn't even hold a flame to Gene yeah. Wilder. It's like, it, it's, it's unbelievable. And, you know, there's that whole story about how Gene wouldn't do it because unless he did the one scene with the cane. and Yeah, all yeah that with the somersault stuff. and everything. But, I mean, sure. like, after he basically retired from Hollywood, you know, he, he only read something wilder in the 90s was probably his last actual sitcom, which I would say 94, 95. Yeah, it was like early 90s. Yeah, um, he just started writing books. He wrote Mm -hmm. three or four books, and you know, obviously, everyone knows him being married to Gilda Radner for a very brief period of time. But he, he had a wife of 25 years after Gilda that he's been married to since 1991, I believe they got married. Uh, so yeah, so like it's it's an unbelievable whole and even just like. The stories that have come out about him after his death, it's like, you know, it's like clearly he just kind of li- he was a classy dude, you know, even in, you know, we didn't know the guy. But every story you hear, it just sounds he's very classy. So, yeah, uh, yeah rest in peace, Gene Wilder. And yeah, it's dude's... unfortunate that sometimes you, you realize how much you like somebody when they pass. I know,
2: man. Um, and you know. and the, it, it's funny you mentioned that because. As Mel Brooks gets older, yeah. you know, and he's, I'm not going to be able to handle yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I won't be able to handle it, but, yeah. but it's just seeing him reminisce about Gene and, uh, obviously makes you think about how much you appreciate Gene and we didn't talk about him enough, you know, but then yeah. you look at Mel Brooks and you're like, oh my God, I got to start talking about this guy constantly nonstop. I know.
1: It, it, you know? it's, it's crazy how like you take for granted that these people are kind of always around and you are like, oh wow, Gene Wilder's going in. And, and the way he went too, like he had Alzheimer's and he's been battling it for the last three years and he basically didn't want to make it public because he didn't want children who said there's Willy Wonka to like to start have, to have an adult conversation about like what Alzheimer's is Right. once the parents are like oh that guy's very sick so I mean even in that it's kind of funny that he just kind of he just seemed like a very kind man all right uh, rest in peace Gene yep. Wilder and uh, everyone head
2: over to the I wrote a, a nice sort of um, in memoriam of, of Gene and, and broke down his career and, and all of his relationships in comedy yeah, and we have and, the official
1: uh, release from his nephew yeah who, that's who, right who released the whole statement about you know the passing of his uncle and uh, while you're on the com, you can check out all the
2: latest in uh, late night sets. There have been like a flurry of these: yeah, uh, Dan Adderman, awesome. Tommy John again Jeff Foxworthy, who we mentioned before, and all these uh, half hours are rolling out now too. And we're gearing up for the roast of Rob Lowe, which is going to be airing this uh, Labor Day holiday as well. So make sure you check that out on Comedy Central.
1: The Rob uh, Lowe roast, which sounds like it was the Ann
2: Coulter roast. Ann Coulter roast. I mean, you uh, and I
1: caught you and I caught Nikki Glaser running the set. For the roast Yeah, she was working a couple, it de- a couple of days before the actual mm-hmm. taping. And, and it was all some, Ann Coulter. She jokes. had some biting Ann Coulter jokes. So I have a feeling, Ann, well, actually, everything we've heard, Ann Coulter definitely catches the brunt of these jokes. Yeah, no doubt um, about so it. So I'm curious to see how it uh, all gets edited together.
2: All right. Uh, without further ado, we're going to open it up with uh, Larry the Cable Guy's portion of uh, the interview segment, and then uh, we'll have Jeff to follow. So here's uh, Larry the Cable Guy and uh, myself hanging out at. Uh, a pretty elite cigar bar here in New York City, and uh, yeah, now I know what 1926 tastes like. Okay. All right, I feel like I just uh, took a time machine back to the saloon days. That's right. And I'm um, hanging out with a near dear friend of
3: mine who. Uh, yeah, that's right. Offered me a cigar, and I said, "You know what? I'm going to take you up on that cigar." That's right. And we're in the greatest. We're in the greatest cigar bar. And Do you want one? Oh, no, I'm okay. I'm good. Boy, well, I you bring you much. to the nicest cigar bar in New York City, <laughs> here at the Carnegie Club. Yeah. Ron White got me started on cigars. Okay. And now I'm here. Oh, I love it here. When I come to New York, this is a stop for me I oh, right here. I, I,
2: I got to say, I'm impressed. Not to, not to stop you, Larry the Cable Guy, but, but uh, a 1926. What did you order? You're very oh, specific. I ordered like, a
3: 1926 uh, Padron, uh, a Torpedo. <laughs> huh? not, not a 27 or 25 no it's got to be the 26 it's like 12 <laughs> gauge and 20 gauge you know you got to go with the 12 gauge there's no 15 gauge yeah. it's the 12 and a 20 gauge there's a 64 anniversary and a 26 anniversary gotcha so I got the 26 anniversary Padron torpedo Wow and it is delicious. <laughs> and it goes and it goes good with the whole mystique of the Carnegie Club. Yeah let's
2: let's let's paint the picture a little bit real quick before, before we dive into our interview because this is uh, this is Mr. Fancy pants over here. I like this.
3: I gotta tell you you got some good blues on in the background. Yes we I'm, do. I preferably would prefer something else. <laughs> but that's okay. It's still good. Some Tracy Lawrence would be nice, but it is the Carnegie Club maybe okay. some speed wagon okay but this is all right now
2: is speed wagon before reo or is that did that come later how did that uh it was
3: initially just r <laughs> they call themselves r a r okay <laughs> i don't know what came first it's like a chicken and the egg deal Which right came first the reo or the speed wagon <laughs> i think reo came first and speed wagon came second
2: gotcha well speaking of music my friend uh Word on the street is you started uh, picking up the drums. What's I got going on t- here? I tell
3: you, I saw you drumming in your band. And what? I said, if says I can do it, I can do
2: it. Oh, that's a backhanded compliment, I think they call no. it? Or?
3: <laughs> well, you were so kidding. good at it. Just it kidding. made me want to play drums. But um, Yeah, what's going on? You bought yourself a kit. I just yeah. went and bought a kit because I have always wanted. I took trap set lessons when I was a kid, literally when I was probably 12. And I did it maybe four times, and I quit because I said, well, I'll never be able to afford a drum set. My parents barely buy me a trumpet because I played trumpet, too, in the band. And so I went, and I bought a, a trap set, and I love it. I love I mean, that you call it a trap
2: set, first of all.
3: Well, <laughs> drum set. Isn't it a trap set? Don't they call them trap sets? Yeah, I mean, if you're,
2: <laughs> yeah, I guess.
3: <laughs> well, it's a drum set. Yeah, no, I'm and just messing with you. No, there's yeah, no much set. more fun in life than sitting behind a set of drums and just turning the radio as loud as you go or a CD and just banging away. Yeah. I'm not even good. I mean, I'm learning off the Internet. I'm teaching myself. But I got the yeah, basic take, gist down. Oh, yeah, this you. You
2: little cigar so action here. So Larry cigar. the Kid guy's got his 1926 Torpedo here. That is one lighter, man. That's like a blowtorch. Look at this thing. Nice. Thank
3: you. This
2: guy's the man oh, over here. He's
3: awesome. This guy's the man. This, this is why I come here. It is by man. far the best cigar bar in New York. I mean, I love I love Carnegie Club.
2: And, and what are we drinking over here? We got a nice well, tall glass or something.
3: I got, I got a nice... Uh, a glass of water, a nice, cool water. That's <laughs> <Glass of> water <laughs> with a lemon. <laughs> no, you know what? I'm not a drinker. Yeah. But Ron White taught me you got to have a good scotch with a cigar. Now, the reason I smoke cigars is I quit dipping. You know, quit doing skull, Copenhagen. Uh, I'm
2: actually and glad you said that. I think that's a good thing. Yeah, right, and right, I, I had to think that's that's do a good something.
3: Thing. Right, right. Because I just have the, you know, I just, man, I, I got to be doing something. I right. can't just stand there. And I really like cigars, but a good, it's like wine. When you eat a steak, I don't like really wine that much, but when you eat a steak, there's something about wine that makes the steak taste even better. It does something to your mouth. So I'll have wine with a steak, and I'll have a nice little scotch with a cigar. I'm not a big drinker. I really don't even like it. Yeah. It hurts going down. Sometimes <laughs> I rinse my mouth out and spit it out, And then, but it makes a cigar taste pretty good in your mouth. Wow. So in here I'm gonna take a quick little sip here. This is uh, Larry, Larry the refined
2: guy. That's what's happening. There, I just moved it. Over. Oh my god, you did. Oh my god, you god. did that, that like a
3: wheatgrass shot. Dude, it what sucks. <laughs> oh, scotch sucks. Oh my Spend. god, this is McAllen
2: too. I think uh, the the look on your face. How can I describe it? it, it I gotta
3: like tell a, you, I'm not, not a drinker at all. But now watch this. I'll take a cigar. I'll take a puff. This cigar, yeah. Raymond. your cigar
2: there he goes he's puffing it up it looks like uh,
3: so good you have no idea the
2: end of the cigar looks so cool when you when you smoke it it lights up like a blast furnace you know what i mean i gotta tell you
3: i
1: like them
2: well larry uh, first things first congratulations on the new special you and jeff teamed up for this and uh you guys have been doing some thinking, huh? That's yeah. That's kind of what's
3: going on here. Well, we did. We went to the comedy clubs, and we just started from scratch and started writing new jokes and came up with this special. And I love working with Jeff. Sure. We've known each other for 30 years, and we have God, kind of the same 30. sense of humor. And it was just fun not only to tour with him, but it was fun to cut the album with him. And I think it's some of our best stuff. I mean, obviously, Blue Collar and all that was great mm-hmm. and still will be the top thing we ever did, but... As far as the material goes and the funniness of it, this is right up there with it, if not better. I mean, the material's great.
2: Well, there's one particular... Because I, I don't like to give anything away. I want people to watch it. It's, it's on Netflix now. Make sure you watch it. Uh, but there's one line where you say, hey, uh, uh, you know, not all these jokes are good, but at least they're all in a row.
3: <laughs> I, I
2: love that. that line.
3: That line yeah, was hilarious. not be funny, but I got more of them coming. That's yeah, kind of how so I see funny. it. So funny. I do so many... Quick stuff. Sure, sure. Like if you don't like a joke, don't worry about it. I got eight more coming in the next two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but and you look so
2: comfortable, like you're casually just strolling along that stage, man. And that twenty-seven, what is it? 28
3: years in the books that's now for you. Twenty-eight years. I, I, unbelievable. Yeah. Tw- well, I, I started first time I ever went on stage was nineteen eighty-five. <laughs> so that's thir- What eighty-five is thirty-one, yeah, years, 31 ago. years ago. Yeah, thirty-one years ago. And I went professional May of 1988. Wow. So it'll be 30 years professional in 2018. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, I might end it after that. That's going to be it?
2: 30th year anniversary? <laughs>
3: not a lot of enough time. <laughs> Done. Think about yeah. stand-up and comedy, I just love it. I mean, mm. it's hard to ever retire from it because you just love doing it. And you think of a joke, you want to perform it. I don't know if I'll ever say, well, okay, this is my last tour, and then I... I think I'll probably just, you know, take a date here, take a date there, do it when people want to see me, and just mm-hmm. kind of do it like that, probably. But comedy's been good to me, and, and um, I hope I did it. I am hope I've, I've done it well. I hope I I try to—I'm I'm a fan of the craft, you know, how you construct a joke and how you'd write the setup and the punch. You know, I'm a different kind of comedian. I'm not a storyteller. I'm not mm-hmm. a political comedian. I'm just a set them up and hit them and so i hope i've done it justice but i think i have
2: i think you have too i mean uh
3: can i say before you go on i think one of the best compliments i ever got was and i know he's been in trouble and everything everybody makes a joke at him but bill cosby was still a great comedian and i remember my tony orlando was my co-host on a bunch of my shows and tony orlando uh called me up one night because tony and i are friends and Bill Cosby called him one night and he didn't know that Tony and I were friends. And Tony had just met me at this point. Tony had known me about six months. And I was on Comedy Central. And Tony said, he gets a call from Cosby and Cosby says, hey Tony, turn it on Comedy Central. You gotta see this guy. And he goes, I turned it on and it was you. And I said, yeah, you know what? I just met him. He's a really nice guy. I met his name is Dan. He goes, listen to his timing. It's impeccable got some of the best timing of any comedian and right then i said man that's awesome because i've always prided myself in my timing and but to hear it from somebody like cosby was pretty awesome so that's pretty neat
2: it's pretty awesome that's forever no one could take that away from you and uh makes sense life full circle now you're doing the drumming thing and that's timing man i
3: know it's in now, your blood now i want to get a band and do her now as a band
2: oh man <laughs> that'd be amazing all right so I, uh, Your counterpart in this special, Jeff Foxworthy, I just hung with him recently, too, and, and he told me some pretty incredible stories about the early days and moments in his life of like, oh, man, you took another sip, didn't oh, you? Oh, man, I hate it.
3: <laughs> but it makes my cigar taste better.
2: Well, he, we, we were talking about this off-mic when we, when we had lunch together here, and, and I I, I want to ask you to repeat it because it's such a great... You told me about this, this Denny's experience, a yeah. uh, whole bunch of open micers, so if you could, just for the... The crowd that wasn't in the room. This is so crazy. Right. Hey, let's
3: before we do this yeah, real quick, we, let me just say yes. we're doing, come on in, Kim.
2: This I wish I would have brought friend, another Kim mic. Alexis. I don't have another mic. Oh well, no! Well, she can use my mic. Okay.
3: What are you doing? What are you doing? I'm doing an interview for my yeah. buddy's podcast.
2: Oh, well, what's going on, Kim? How are you doing, here, Mark? Uh, Pleasure to meet you. That's
3: Mark says hi. This yeah. is Kim Alexa the fabulous I Kim Alexis. Yes. One of the greatest sure. supermodels that ever graced the United States of America. <laughs> I think that's true, right? That is a fact. I had. She doesn't know this, but I had. She's I don't know when I was in college. I probably had two or three photos of you somewhere there in the dorm. There you go. Pretty sure of that. <laughs> yeah, she had a lot of famous famous shots. Absolutely. And now she plays in my golf tournament and helps support the Get Her Done Foundation. That's and great. She's
2: awesome. And uh, say and hi to the
3: fans, Kim.
2: <laughs> Hello, fans. <laughs> <laughs> now, dare I say, uh, last episode of Cheers, did you do? Was hey, it the? Uh, yeah.
3: Well, you don't get nothing by him.
2: Yeah, I got it all up here in the memory bank. Yeah, I, th- I want to say it was the the finale, right, of the yep. whole series. Yep. You on yep. the very last very episode. Well. Very cool.
3: She's fantastic, but this yeah. isn't about her. This is about me. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> well, you kidding. brought her over here. Now i, I got to make it about kidding. her. Now, what story did you want to hear? We're oh, almost done, Kim.
2: Yeah, yeah, we're almost done. Um, so, so, uh,
3: That's Maggie. Yeah. Mag- oh, yeah. Maggie's my uh,
2: manager. <laughs> Open mic night post- uh, post-show Denny's Hang
3: I got yeah. yeah. this is a great story um, uh, just to show how t- time is crazy the Orlando I was with the West Palm Beach clique of comedians yeah and uh, there was an Orlando clique of comedians and Joe Sanfilippo used to book the uh, bonkers up in Orlando and then John Stoll had the Comedy Corner in West Palm and We'd go back and forth the open mic nights. We all got to be friends. So one night after a bonkers open mic night, we all went out to eat at Denny's about eleven thirty at night, twelve o'clock at night, we're all hanging out. Well sitting in one booth that night. One booth. We're all comedian. We were all open micers with other jobs. Mm-hmm. And we are all sitting in a booth together and it was me, Carrot Top, Billy Gardell, Jim Brewer. Daryl Hammond, Jesus. a buddy of mine named Tom Ryan, sure. and a guy named Chris Baker, all in that booth. And it was, I mean, just as now as you go through time and you look at it you go, wow, that would—that who would have known <clears throat> that booth right there was, and I I believe it was Billy Gardell, I don't know if he sent it to everybody, he sent it to me, but he sent me, when he got his uh, thing, I sent him a congratulations on Mike and Molly's. Hey, I, Billy, hey, congrats on the show, man, that's so awesome. And he sent me back a thing and said, uh, I'm the last one from the booth. <laughs> oh, <that's> so cool. <laughs> something like that. I yeah, can't remember yeah. how it went, but it was basically something like that.
2: Well, you were all very successful. Well, uh, I want to ask you this, Larry, because I don't know if I ever asked you this, actually. Uh, when did you realize you weren't going to be a professional athlete? This is one of my new favorite questions for all the comedians.
3: I knew I was going to be a professional athlete when uh, my mom got a flat tire on the station wagon. And we didn't have a jack, and I lifted the car up, what by myself. <laughs> and right then I said, "Well, look, I've got a talent for the athletic deal." So I did a couple of turn. You know, I didn't want to do Olympics or nothing like that. I didn't want to get that into it. But uh, you know, we I did just local high school weight stuff. You know, I still hold the record, uh, state of Nebraska high school for the most weight lifted, like uh, a deadlift. It was a dead lift, but I was so used to lifting station wagons, you know, when I was eight, <laughs> it wasn't a big deal. So I don't think anybody will break it. Uh, it was three and a half tons. <laughs> <laughs> Cleared it. Cleared it. You'd think it'd hurt my wrist or something. Never yeah. Did. I was going
2: to say, the way you're holding that cigar didn't hurt anything, man. <laughs> the wrist is looking good. I was going to compliment you on your wrists. So, uh.
3: Heck yeah, I don't get that a lot.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so. So, Larry, all right, new special Netflix. Are, are we getting more Prilosec commercials? Are we going to... You know what?
3: I don't know. We did that for about six years. Yeah, you did. And, uh... Jumping uh, jet skis yeah, through so fucking that's rings running. of fire. Look, I loved them. And I did my own stunts on that, too. <laughs> I did everything but the running, jumping, and standing and going through fire hoops. <laughs> but uh, that was a, that was fun, you know. But it last lasted long enough. I yeah. mean, if they want to do it again, we can, but I think... You know, we've held off for a while, because we had tons of them. But six years is unprecedented for something For like anything? That. That's crazy. So it's cool. You know, I was up for a Kentucky Fried Chicken deal, and then at the last minute they said, well, wait a minute, we don't want Kentucky Fried Chicken to be associated with heartburn. <laughs> so, you know, as good as it was, it still kind of hurts for other things, but it's not a big deal. The Lord bless me with that commercial and if I don't want to have to do another one, I don't have yeah. to. But they're still, it's fun to do, you know. Sure.
2: Wow. So what? Uh, so looking back at this 30 years, 30 plus years, uh, if, is there any one particular moment you would want to go back and be an audience member to watch that moment that you experienced? That, that I was on stage? Yeah.
3: Yeah, it would be when I did uh, the Lincoln Memorial Stadium. In Lincoln, Nebraska. I remember that. Because I was the first comedian in the United States to ever do a football stadium. Yep. And,
2: uh... You know what's cool about that? What? And I want to tell everyone this. This is what's so awesome about you, too, is you... Because I, I was there, and, and you, I feel like you did a couple warm-up sets at the Funny Bone? Yeah. In town. You just, like, slipped into a quick 15, and you told me this joke about, uh... How an old boob looks like a half empty cake decorator bag. Yeah. And I'll never forget that. Yeah. And I tell people that joke to this day and I might
3: even told them I made it up, Larry. I don't uh, know. You go I, right I, ahead. <laughs> You're my buddy. You can do whatever you want. But yeah, but, that would uh, that but would what a great be the moment that was so much fun and it was funny, uh, what's his name just did? Philadelphia Eagle Stadium. Yeah, Kevin Hart. Yeah. But he put out press releases saying he's the only comedian in the in history of the country to do a football stadium. Get out of here. And I called Maggie up. I said, Do people forget? That's how much. I'm the original. I'm like Dorothy Dangerfield. Do people forget I did a football stadium? I did 53,000 people. Yes, you did. All by myself. Yeah. No other. I had an opening act. And so. She let them know that, mm-hmm. and so then they put out a release. Only stand-up comedian in history to do a NFL football stand. Nah. <laughs> and still then, I still beat his number. Yeah, you did. So,
2: Well, Memorial Stadium's a big stadium, man. Yes, it is. It's a big stadium. Well, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you.
3: Mark, man, we've been friends for a long time. I do appreciate it. I hope people enjoy the special... Um, it's getting great reviews and great comments, and, and I'm just glad that uh, we were able to do it. And yeah. Jeff's just so much fun to work with, so I appreciate the interview time.
2: Yeah, of course. I appreciate your time. It's nice to throw back uh, or at least secondhand smoke a cigar with you from I'm 1926. Telling you, I know,
3: right? You're going to get <laughs> secondhand something. <You> know, <laughs> hey, it's better than secondhand chew.
2: <laughs> I heard that's not as good. <laughs> that's not as good. I heard that's not as good. Always a pleasure, man.
3: You too, Mark. I love Thanks, it you. You
2: all right, that was Larry the Cable Guy. I want to thank him for joining us on the Laugh Button Podcast. Uh, great stuff as always, man. It's like seeing... Yeah. Uh, it, you, you know what it is? I, I don't want to say it feels like seeing your... De- it feels like seeing a, a family member that you've just known forever and you don't know how you're related, but you yeah. are and you're best friends. There That's what it feels like hanging out with Larry the there Cable Guy. Now... Uh, like your
1: older cousin? Maybe? Yeah, there
2: you go. The older cousin who gave you the nudie mask Yeah, the cousin who
1: maybe like 10 years older than you, and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. That guy who drove you to your first concert. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, all exactly. that good stuff. Yeah.
2: Well, now it's time for Jeff Foxworthy. Uh, you know, he's a little bit older. I want to say it's like hanging out with your dad, but it is. He's your uncle. He's not your old,
1: Larry's your, your older cousin. Yeah. Jeff is your uncle.
2: He's your uncle. And uh, th- this guy is one of the nicest guys on planet Earth. He's kind of uh, not fully retired from comedy, but he makes appearances here and there. Yeah. And he's spending a lot of time on his. On his land And and, uh, he's doing this thing uh, Called Fox Outdoors And you can go on his website Check it out It's very cool He does a lot of hunting And uh, I'll tell you what man From from IBM To one of the most uh, Important pieces of comedy history Pretty cool So here's our interview With Jeff Foxworthy Right here on the Laugh Button Podcast
0: 2,500 people there And the guy And so I was seated Because I bought the cheapest ticket I could So I was like in the outfield Right But then I wanted to move to the sun on the first baseline and I got up and I went, there's literally nobody there. Sure. And I sat in the sun and the security guard came down and go, you're going to have to move. That's not your seat. (laughs) I'm like, dude, I'm afraid
2: there's nobody here. Wow, that's uh, that's pretty bad. I, on behalf of Cleveland, I apologize. <laughs> yeah, that
0: was that was during like the Brett Butler Brook Jacoby. Oh, Brook Jacoby at, at yeah. third
2: base. Mm-hmm. Pat Tabler, mm-hmm. I remember that whole lineup. Yeah, yeah, Otis Nixon, I think was. Yeah, in the Otis,
0: who ended up having some good years as an Atlanta.
2: Atlanta Brave, Brave. and uh, Phil Negro too, I think, was a Braves-Indians yeah. connection too. Mm-hmm. I'll give you that whole lineup if yeah. you want it. <laughs> You're doing pretty Cor- good. Corey Snyder. Corey Snyder, was that's exactly right. Yeah. It
0: was on the U.S. Olympic team. The first year they brought baseball. Though. Ooh, I got this backup catcher.
2: Oh, Chris Bando. Wow. Do you remember that? I do you know remember Chris Bando? Chris Bando. Backup catcher. He filled in for. I can't even remember who the starting catcher was at that point. Maybe Sand. No, Sandy Alomar was. That was there yet, before but, uh, Sandy. Yeah. Oh no, I can't remember the. Uh, but they had a good pitching. To Tom Candiotti. yeah Yeah, Candyman. Yeah, he was great. Wow. wow. All right, so that's enough of a that's baseball enough, talk. That's <laughs> reflections on the old Cleveland
0: team. Oh man. There was a comedy club there too that had it was kind of old and it had
2: long really long tables that went out from the Ooh, stage. I don't I don't know. The only comedy club I remember as a kid was yeah, Funny Farm somewhere. Comedy Club, which was in the basement of a hotel in Youngstown, Ohio. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't make it to the big city for the. Uh... <laughs> I know that one. You know that one? Yeah. Oh, I got a thumbs up. Somebody has a memory. <laughs> but this, but this place, the tables were literally like a hundred feet long, Weird. going out from the stage. So it was almost like a German it beer was, hall
0: or it was something. It I think it was a converted bowling alley. Okay. But I, every time I was on stage, I, I was like, you felt like you were, you needed to ask somebody to pass the the mashed potatoes or something it was like a giant picnic table or something it's <laughs> bizarre
2: well you're in New York City right now because you're getting ready for uh, the Tonight Show yes uh, not with but starring Jimmy Fallon yeah, not which with I, Jimmy but starring starring Jimmy Fallon, starring Jimmy Fallon. and uh, it made me think of the, the first time you ever went on national TV uh, and that feeling and getting ready for that versus getting ready for this And and huh. the vast differences because yeah. it's I mean, you have 30... Is it... Oh, it's got to be over 30 years now under your belt? Oh, thirty-two. 32. I
0: don't want to make it... I don't want to 30, make... 32. In fact, I think this is like the 26th year that I've done the Tonight Show. Wow. Like, so... When In fact, when I was there the last time, I, I mentioned that it was... I'd done the first one like 25 years ago, and the girl went back, the producer went back through the archives mm-hmm. and gave me a picture of me sitting in the chair talking to Johnny, and Johnny's got his mouth wide open laughing. And, and she said, I figured you didn't have this. And I said, oh my God, this is such a treasure to me. I said, it will mean nothing to my kids. My kids will look at it and go, but for a comic that grew up in my era, that was the top of Mount Everest right there. Absolutely. It's absolute proof I made Johnny <laughs> laugh.
2: You know? Yeah, it was either he, he was laughing or you farted or something yeah. something <laughs> something happened.
0: something big happened right before <laughs> that. So but, but I remember that feeling. I mean I remember being in the dressing room and thinking, I can't do this. I'm gonna puke. I'm you know, just that so scared. And being behind the curtain and and, and, and actually Because they planted you behind the curtain, and the guys, when you walk out, the gold star will be in about eight feet right in front of you. And and I'm just thinking, and they walk off and they leave you, and you hear the band playing, and I'm thinking, I'm going to run away, I can't do this, I'm so stinking nervous. And, yeah, so now it's like, I'm doing it now, and I guess, I don't know if that's a good thing, but I'm I'm not one bit nervous. It's just another day at the office. It is what it is, yeah. (laughs) I mean, Jimmy's fine. I think Jimmy does a great job with it. But mm-hmm. I guess that's the fun thing on being on the other end of the spectrum is you realize even if I tanked it, life's not over, you know. But, sure. it, but it, on, that, uh, on that front side of it, especially with Johnny, it was it made your career. If Johnny liked you, mm-hmm. you were off to the races. You know, you went from playing comedy clubs to doing Vegas. If Johnny liked you... So
2: yeah, it was a huge deal. Now comedy has changed so much. Thirty years, you've seen uh, the first bubble, and you saw that burst. Then you saw comedy kind of go away. Then it's come back. Now it's bigger than it's ever been. Yeah, it's huge. And it seems there's a million outlets for people to supply comedy into the world. Uh, and do you think that's made it more challenging, or, or, uh, or better, or worse, or like what are your, what are your observations on just comedy as an art form now? Because it has changed, you know. You, you can't really work stuff out anymore, you know, because everything's videotaped and, and, and put out there. So it's a, it's a much different approach, I think, right? Yeah, well, it is.
0: Yeah, Larry the Cable Guy and I were talking about it during this tour. I said if I was starting over, I don't, I'm don't, i not sure how I would make a living in that so much of the money that I made in comedy was from records or, mm-hmm. you know, then CDs and, and, and DVDs. You know, the first two comedy records that I did, both of them sold almost four million copies. Well, now if you have a comedy record that sells 50,000 copies, it's a giant hit because nobody buys CDs, nobody buys records. And and even with DVDs, you know, like us, I mean, I did specials for HBO and Showtime and, you know, the Blue Collar Tour and we sold a ton of, of DVDs, but... But when I began doing concerts, they would have an announcement: no photography, no video. Now every third person in the audience is filming you the whole time you're on stage, and so I know before I get to the hotel room, this is on YouTube somewhere. Yeah. And and it's—I don't know that it's bad or good. It's just different.
2: Distracting
0: when you're up there. It is. Yeah. It is. You know, because you almost want to say, "Well, just watch the show." Yeah. You paid to laugh. And you're too worried about the focus on your camera.
2: Just and it's never going to be as good as just looking at just it. Just look
0: at it, and you know, yeah. it, sometimes it's like with with video screens you now. Somebody will be in the third row, and they're looking up at the screen, and not it. And I'm like, I'm right here in front of you. I'm 12 feet away, and you're watching the screen. But you know, <laughs> it's it's the world that we live in, and yeah, so it's weird. I guess the the positive side is if you're a comic now, you have avenues for people to discover you, Mm -hmm. whereas you know, back when I was doing it and you're playing the Funny Bone in in Des Moines, Iowa you you know you've got a hundred people on a Thursday night and that's the only people that are going to see you. Now you have a chance for you know, a hundred thousand to see you. Sure, if you live stream
2: it, a million people could watch it. Yeah. Sure, absolutely. (coughs) Now, um do you think uh, uh, actually I'm going to ask you this first if you could go back in time and watch any specific moment from your career uh, from an audience member's perspective mm-hmm. instead of your own which one would you want to experience is there one you'd like to go back and maybe it happened too fast and you didn't really grasp you know, the experience but you'd like to check it out yeah I
0: mean I'd like to see that first time on Carson just to be sitting in the audience you know and I think about like in the early days because you, you kind of you go through evolutions as a human being but you also do as an artist you know I mean I think about as a human being some of the things I argued most vehemently for or against 30 years ago I've now totally changed my position you know but but I remember as a comic I just wanted to, to gut them I mean, back in the day, and there's, man, there were some times on some of those first couple of albums, I didn't want to let them breathe. I mean, I just wanted to hammer them. And then one time Bill Cosby said to me, I was, I think I was hosting the Espies, maybe. And he, and he said something about, he was there and he said, You know, when you got them is when you pause to take a sip of water and it's dead silent. Nobody's shuffling, nobody's getting up. They're just waiting on what. And i it never dawned on me that oh wow well you you can let them breathe you can you can let this widen. you know not ferment, but you can you can open it and let it decant a little bit and and so I've learned to maybe not be as manic with it mm mm-hmm is to not be scared of the pause or the silence, you know. I used to, I mean, I, was, I, mean, I used to just try to make every one of them gut punches. And I was like, no, they don't all have to be gut punches. You can, you know, it's a dance, you know.
2: And so I think my approach to a set is different. Well, just looking at your face right now, you're just beyond comfortable. It's like, <laughs> just, it must, you must just not even have to think about it anymore. I mean, it's. You know, is it weirder when you're not doing it? Like stand up, is it strange when you're you're actually like you wake up on a Tuesday and you're like, oh, I don't have to do that today. This is weird. I guess I'll mow the lawn. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I have to find you know, but
0: but that's kind of what I do is I find something else to do. Mm -hmm. I've I've learned that about myself. I'm not good just doing nothing. I I got to do something. But with stand up, I never think I have to do it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's, it's almost still like I get to do it you know and people will try to talk you into coming and doing their charity things and they're like yeah and if you'll fly out and do it you only have to do 10 minutes and I'm thinking if I fly out there I want to do an hour and a half I yeah. don't want to do 10 minutes I, want, I that's not an upside once I get there getting there is the hard part then I want to have fun I want to enjoy it and, and so I guess that's where I'm lucky is that Even after doing it for three decades, I still love doing it. I called my mom from the airport a couple of months ago. I'm just calling to check on her, sitting there waiting on the flight. Where where are you doing? I'm headed out to do a show. she's like, why do you still do it so much? And I went, I love doing it. You know, and and my fear, and you and I have talked about this in the past, was always I don't want to be the guy that stays at the dance too long. I don't want to be the guy that people go, oh, remember when he was funny? And my wife has said, well, the audience will tell you. If you'll you'll listen, they'll tell you. And so to go back like on this and go back to the small clubs and to try stuff, and some of it just goes right down the toilet. Some of it's just, you know, and, and I'm like, oh, I wish I had filmed this part of it to show, hey, this is where it begins, and then to go to, you know, the Orpheum Theater with Larry and show and, and this is if you'll put the work in, this is where it ends, but this is how it happens every time. You have to go back and do it this way. But when it you but when it works, it's freaking frilly. it's thrilling when it works. To remember, oh, I remember when I thought of this concept and now it's a fifteen minute routine.
2: Slow bake. Yeah,
0: slow, slow bake. bake.
2: Yeah, slow bake. <laughs> always slow bake. All right, Jeff. Um, uh, I know you're crazy busy, and I thank you so much for the time. Oh, As always, dude, it's, you always get my time. It's been so long since I've seen you. I feel like it's God, maybe even the Super Bowl, possibly <laughs> that long ago. I'm trying to think of all the things that's changed in my life. Well. Uh, here's the deal you have uh, I think you have your own wing in the Library of Congress at this point <laughs> how many books you put out uh,
0: maybe in the to- on the back of the toilets in the Library of Congress yeah
2: <laughs> the, the TV and Film Museum also has a wing for you with all your work you've done there uh, you've obviously sold more comedy than anybody on planet Earth so you kind of have that under your belt crazy yeah uh, you have a new 24-7 comedy channel which is very cool you and Larry rocking out on Sirius XM very cool um, but I want to know about the things that did make the cut. You know, the beef jerkies are out oh, there. Oh, there we are. But
0: The beef jerky's one of them. Yeah,
2: what, what's some of the stuff that just didn't, you know, it was pitched on paper. It's great. We're going to do this. And it just, why do I feel like there was a fo- Foxworthy, like, Yeah, there was sprinkler? a beef
0: jerky, but it kind of never flew. So good. The grit chips never really flew. Oh, there were grit chips? There were grit chips. Grit chips? Yeah, they were like, It was like a cross between a, what was it, man? Like a cross between a Frito and a Tostito. They were made out of grits. They were really great. Everybody that liked them, I mean, tried them, loved them, but that never flew. Mm -hmm. What else did we have? I remember what JP wanted to do. Barbecue sauce. Barbecue sauce never flew. We haven't done real well in the food business.
2: Yeah, I think burn. JP
0: wanted to do Redneck Vitamins at one time, which I thought this may be the dumbest idea I've ever heard in my life.
2: Well, <laughs> do you make those chewable? Do you? <laughs> yeah, they
0: should have looked like fishing lures. I still have something.
2: one of the talking dolls.
0: The dolls? Oh, jeez, talking. You yeah, know, we weren't really selling. S- s- sure. Where we? Yes, and I have uh. one in my office. No one <laughs> else. It's just yours. Uh. Yeah, there's been, a, there's been quite a few TV projects over the years, that, yeah. especially in the early days. I did several
2: pilots that never got off the ground. Is there one that you were kind of bummed about, or maybe just there was potential to work with some people that you thought would have been really cool? and The very first one I did, because I,
0: I, I wrote it, it was called Banner Times, and it was about a guy from a little town called Banner, Georgia that had moved to L.A., and then they were selling the hometown newspaper, and he moved back. Because I wanted to do, like, an Andy Griffith set, mm-hmm. where you had a central location where just characters from town could come walk in and out. And, Yeah, sure. Yeah, and and I wasn't, um, like, I, I would know how to do it now. Then I, I didn't know how to do it well enough to sell it. I mean, we got through the whole thing, but it was Jay Sandridge was, was directing it, who...
2: Christopher McDonald? And who,
0: direct, Jay directed a bunch of the Andy Griffith show. So I just want, I would just like to hang around him and talk about Andy Griffith all day long. It's a good yeah, reason to make Christopher McDonald a show. was in it, Grace Sabrisky, There were a lot of talented people who were in that thing. And, but it wasn't as, the, the idea wasn't formulated well enough. But I was too young. Now I know how to do it. Now, if it, if it came back around, I'm like, yeah, I know how to do that now. But, but,
2: but now you're like, eh.
0: Yeah, but now I'm like, I don't know that (laughs) I want to spend 12 hours a day on a a, a sitcom.
2: But, yeah. Well, uh, I think you're doing all right. (laughs) You're not doing bad. And uh, uh, congratulations, as always, on all the success you've ever had. You're you're one of the best. Um, We should have a Jeff Foxworthy Halloween costume contest. Can we do that this year? See how many people we can get dressed up as Jeff Foxworthy for Halloween all in the same area and set some sort of world record. I like that. we do that? I like that a lot. Sounds like a Brooklyn thing I mean, to do. It does Maybe we'll do like that. a Brooklyn thing to do. We have to have a Maggie loves it. She likes it. Yeah, she idea. loves it. I'm going to... Yeah, let's put a... Maggie... <laughs> let's put an ad in, like, Time Out New York. Yeah. And we'll get this party started. And have started the
0: world record for the most Jeff Foxworthies in one. And movie.
2: we'll have you show up, and you just walk out there, but people won't believe it's you. Yeah, most they're
0: like they would just think that guy's got a good costume. Yeah, oh,
2: not bad. Oh, not bad. What's your name? Yeah. Like, well, that,
0: which is which is what I get half the time is people come up. has anybody ever told you
2: you look like Jeff Fox? Is that where you're at now? Yeah, in your career, that's yeah. you're at that point. I'm like, yeah, I hear that all the time, almost every day. So. All right, last question for you, Jeff. And again, thank you for the time. Uh, when did you realize you weren't going to be a professional athlete?
0: About forty years ago. It
2: oh, finally, this is recent occurrence. It finally dawned Wait, me. what were you hanging on to,
0: like field goal kicker, I, like it dawned on me That I was not going to play major league <laughs> baseball about four years ago because I thought, you know what, I'm in my early fifties now.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I probably, I probably don't have it anymore. Yeah, even Phil Negro didn't make it that far. No, the thick, right? even Docsy George Blanda. But didn't, Bud Black got close. Yeah, yeah, they didn't hang on that long. You know, I think that's. I think every one of us had that. Illusion as a teenager. Absolutely. That we thought we were that good and we just hadn't been discovered. Pinch runner? I mean, there's still... And have you ever done this, Mark? As you talk to people about the ball they played growing up, nobody sucked. (laughs) Nobody sucked. Everybody was all city, all county. Nobody goes... I I wasn't very good. I wasn't very good. I sat on the back. I didn't
2: get to play very often.
0: (laughs) Everybody was good.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, now that you mention it, I guess I won't tell you about my...
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> about the
0: home run I hit in the big game to win the city championship.
2: I will say this, I never hit a home run. I didn't either. I played second, but I was too skinny, I had no power. I had, me too. But I never struck out, only got hits, and I let off. That's what I did, because yeah. I would just get on. Base, you and- yeah. See, we have that in common. That's- I played
0: second and short. Oh, Nice. Then I played center field in high school, but I was a contact guy. I was always the leadoff guy because I was fast and I could make contact. And then finally, the one time I got a hold of one, I hit it to dead center. And it, you know, on the chain link fence, it hit the tubing. The, the... It hit the tubing at the top of the dead straightaway center. If I had to put it down the line because I never did the trot
2: one time. Yeah, me neither. Well, I hit one out of the out of the field foul. Uh, That felt good.
0: I bounced one out at Hayville High School one time. Nice.
2: Ground rule double, you'll
0: take it. Ground rule
2: double, oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, did you
0: slide into second? It's the only way I've ever gone into (laughs) second was sliding. So, But I don't even know if I have a good trot or not. Mm. It's like my buddy Doug Flynn, who played in the majors for years, and every year when they announced the Hall of Fame, I call him every single year, and every single year he answers the phone. Did I get in? And I'm like, <laughs> no. I said, Doug, they did not count your seven home runs. You know, I say seven bombs because well, only six were bombs. One was it inside the park. Yeah. Uh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, the new special is We've Been Thinking with uh, you and Larry the Cable Guy. It's available on Netflix. You guys shot it at the Orpheum Theater in Minneapolis. And, uh, you know, at the time of this taping, you'll have been on uh, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. And it um, went great, didn't you think? Oh, it was amazing. Oh, amazing, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> It was weird that uh, Jessica Alba canceled last second, but it was nice to see the ghost of uh, yeah. you know, whoever showed up. Yeah, that was, right. That was great. That was great. perfect, yeah. <laughs> Good feeling last second. I
0: but, think Jessica just got uncomfortable being around my sexiness the whole time.
2: So. She, she was jealous of your clothing line. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I
0: think that's what it was. That's another thing we should try next, the clothing line. I like Gotta it. do it. That can be on our next failed project list. <laughs>
2: You guys can sell the yarn that goes from tree to tree so you can air dry it. There we go. I'm right there with you, Jeff. You're with me. It's always the best, man. Pleasure. (laughs) Thank you, Mark. You too, buddy. All right. That was Jeff Foxworthy. Sorry, Matt. We had to annoy you at the top of that interview with the entire 1987 Cleveland Indians baseball lineup. But hey, look, he brought it up, not me. I'm just saying.
1: Yeah. You always figure out a way. Again, he brought it up, not me. So you know, if I have to defend myself, you go home and watch Cleveland Hustles on loop, the new LeBron James reality show about Cleveland. You know more about it than I do, man. I watch it's on it's on CNBC. Do you dig it? Dude, I watch all those shows. I, I know watch you like do. I watch like The Profit. I watch uh, I watch uh, Shark Tank. I watch uh, Cleveland <laughs> Hustles. I watch uh, the West Texas Investors Club. Like wow. all that. Do you watch Wall too? Are you going to... that's not on CNBC, oh. but it, I want to say it's A and E. But I have seen Wahlburgers.
2: Gotcha. All right, a huge uh, huge thanks to Larry the Cable Guy and Jeff Foxworthy. We've officially been blue collared, Matt. Yeah, dude. We are blue collared. Uh, everyone, head over to laughbutton.com. Make sure you follow us on all the socials at the laugh button any platform just follow us there you can email us anytime with your thoughts theories myths legends and feelings uh at uh, podcast at the uh, you can follow us on twitter personally at i am klein schmidt from Matt. i am at mark says hi hit our merch store pick up a t-shirt uh you know summer turns into fall but that doesn't mean you can't still rock the t-shirts to so do so they go nice under hoodies i heard too they do Alright so uh, You can also buy hoodies too Yeah you can buy hoodies From our merch store Yeah that's I'm trying to get them To double dip That's okay buy a, buy a hoodie Alright Alright Matt uh, That's gonna do it For this episode Any uh, final thoughts?
1: Uh, I love you all mm-hmm. And uh, check out The Jeff Foxworthy And Larry the Cable Guy Special on Netflix right
2: Yeah now. make sure you do it Just It's called We've our- Been Thinking Yeah we've been thinking